Hello, my name is Alexia Durtiu. Welcome to my talk, AI, My Story, The Story AI Tells, Bias and Privacy. I bring 25 years of medical ethics, privacy concerns in the medical field, and specified training in working with bias in teams. Uh, so I've translated that to talk about ethics in artificial intelligence. Today, we will be talking about my story. What is artificial intelligence and the story it tells? Facial recognition, fairness, the gadgets, and we'll offer some resources. My story. Seven years ago, I booked a trip as part of a tour to visit a country. I bought my plane ticket separately, so I arrived prior to the tour and I left a day later. And doing this, I traveled light because I was taking public transport on my own. I also was flying to another country after this tour to visit that country and I would be taking a lot of public transportation. So going up and down stairs, taking buses and trains is the reason that I traveled light. I walked into the airport of this country, getting ready to leave. A single woman with light luggage, all of a sudden military police surrounded me. They questioned me for 20 minutes. What did they ask me? They were asking me how I traveled so light and I explained what I just told you. They asked me, what if my clothes were dirty? I told them I hand washed. They asked me where I was going. I told them, they said, what is the temperature there? What if you get cold? I had one sweater. I did not need more than one sweater because there weren't that many cool nights where I was. And so they really drilled me down and questioned me. At the end of 20 minutes, one of the men looked at me straight in the face and he said, do you not understand? We suspect you that you are going to blow up the plane. I almost laughed and I held that in because nothing about me says that I'm a terrorist. What are the facts? I traveled to another country and was profiled as a terrorist. Now I wanna pause here. If you have ever been treated suspiciously and there was no reason for that, I want you to put yes in the chat. Another fact, I have no criminal record. I even do not have a parking ticket. I was leaving the airport alone with light luggage. It was a three week trip. And up until now, I thought that was the main reason that I was suspected. And when I began studying facial recognition, I thought, oh, they connected me because my parents immigrated from a country that has conflict with the country that I was in. So in fact, my family is from a country that has conflict with the country that I visited. So let's talk about this AI, this artificial intelligence and the story it tells. In 2016 with the game of Go, this was the first time that the tech community turned its head with AI because a machine that Google developed was able to win the game of Go. It played the best players of the world. It also came up with its own moves that people in centuries had not thought of. So AI is better when it has a lot of data. And what is that data? 
well, we are the data and we are the code. And how is AI getting that data? Social media. So if you are on social media like me, I want you to put yes in the chat. Uh, social media is actually using us. It's searching us. Um, we thought that we were using social media and searching it. So when something is free, we are the product and not the customer. Uh, there are certain sites that are selling our information. We are being manipulated. Uh, we are being traced across the internet without our knowledge just because we use a social media site. AI, what is it looking for? It's collecting every detail, our thoughts, desires, dreams, private thoughts. It knows who our friends are. So even if we're in a private group where others on that site cannot see what we are sharing, AI sees it and AI is collecting it. Everything, all data is valuable from what we post, that we post, how we post. So I may say, see you at six, or I may say, I will see you at 6 p.m. this evening. How did I say it? AI is learning that about me. Okay, so this contributes to our predicted value. This is really powerfully being used in marketing. Do you see targeted advertising when you are on the internet? That's AI. Okay, so AI knows that I was looking at glasses. It knows I was looking at specific pair of glasses. It knows that I was looking at the progressive lenses rather than the single vision. And it adjusted the price of those exact glasses and I'm wearing them today. And that's how my buying process was. I was influenced. Uh, I was on a social media site with targeted ads. They were showing eyeglasses. I needed an eye exam. I needed new glasses. My eyes were hurting from staring at the screen with this new stay at home virtual world that we're in. And so I did not buy necessarily from those advertisers, but I did buy glasses online and I went and I had an eye exam and I did need new glasses. Um, so this contributes to predicted value. Uh, it tells those people who market to us who we are and what we prefer. So it decides who we are and it uses the information to tell our story. Have you ever heard of emotional contagion? Okay, so now we're in a pandemic and we know that COVID-19 is very contagious through our breath, through the air. So are our emotions. Have you ever been in a meeting and the person who was in charge affected people's emotions because of their own emotion and the way that they spoke? It happens even if one person on a team can influence the other people's emotions by sharing something. Uh, part of that is our neuroscience, mirror neurons in our brain. It's like when we see an athlete hurt on the field, we go out because they were hurt. Or when we give a gift, we're happy because that person is happy. That's actually happening in our brain. So Facebook manipulated which post showed up on the news feeds of 600,000 users for one week. 
people were more likely to use positive words in Facebook posts if they had been exposed to fewer negative posts throughout the week. Facial recognition. How do we define it? Uh, many of us have facial recognition on our phones. I thought I was being smart that I disabled it and that I used my passcode. However, facial recognition is used on me all the time. Um, anytime I go to a store now, there are cameras on me and I can see the screen. It's very obvious. So what is it? It's the technology capable of verifying or identifying a person from a digital image or video footage from a video source. So companies, private companies, mine our online photos, selling them to law enforcement, federal agencies, and private companies. Well, when we put our photo on social media to share, we're not giving permission to sell that photo. So did you say opt out? How do I say I don't give permission? And by the way, you have to do this for every single photo online. In the USA, only in two states can we say I choose to opt out. Don't use my photos, um, Illinois and California. Other countries have passed laws, Canada, the EU, UK, Switzerland, Australia to be removed if you are in one of those countries, you have to provide a headshot and a photo of your government issued ID. And this is with Clearview is the company. So there is bias in facial recognition. This was um, discovered by accident. There was a black woman in the US doing some research and the AI, the facial recognition wouldn't recognize her. And she said, well, why not? And it's because she was a person of color. Now, I wasn't designed to misidentify people on purpose. It was just designed for our population being middle-aged white men. It was designed by them. So the bias that's in us is an AI. So think about humanity. Think about the conflicts that we have over politics and religion and how people are treated differently according to different demographic things that identify us. Uh, all of that is in AI because we are the data and we are flawed. So what are we gonna do to teach AI the right way, to teach the AI fairness? Um, and we really need to work on the facial recognition because if you are Asian or African-American, you're a hundred times more likely to be misidentified than a white man. Women, the elderly and children are more likely to be misidentified. And what happens is you're thought to be someone else that could have done something criminal and then you're treated like you're guilty because of facial recognition. There's a USA drugstore and they had facial recognition in 200 stores. They were targeting the lower income areas, the non-white areas. These areas um, that were impoverished were three times more likely to have this kind of tech in the stores. The purpose was to defer theft and protect staff from customer violence. 
They matched facial images of customers to those the store had previously observed engaging in potential criminal activity. So these people hadn't done anything criminal. They just looked suspicious, like potentially they could do something. What does that mean? An alert was sent to a security agent smartphone Matched for accuracy, is this really the person that we saw potentially engaging in criminal activity previously? And then they would go ask the customer to leave. What are the facts? And I'm going to show you how racist this is. Because we need to place our technology on facts and our actions on facts. And it was not in this case. In the USA, 11% of our population shoplifts, more men than women. Blacks, Hispanics, and Asians have lower odds than whites to shoplift. This is more common in college-educated and US-born people in the USA to shoplift. More common in single incomes, 35,000 and above, family incomes of 70,000 and above. Those with public insurance are less likely to shoplift. So if you want to target according to data, then this store should have put more facial recognition and followed the white rich people. There was a candy experiment. Wealthy people removed twice as much candy marked for children than people of more modest means. Have you ever seen candy in your doctor's office? Um, I missed it. Now that we have COVID, they took away the candy because I loved getting some candy. Um, but this was actually marked for children. So adults shouldn't have been touching it and the wealthy people removed twice as much. So why? What's the hypothesis? What deters us from shoplifting? Well, lower income people are less likely to cheat and steal. They're more invested in their communities and they have a fear of being publicly humiliated because lower income people, they are more exposed on the news when something happens. They're more vulnerable. The wealthy people have entitlement, they're self-interested, and they have no fear of authority. You know, the white privileged um, can say, no, you know, I'm going my way. Now, I went to the second country, and I was quite privileged there, uh, to the point where before I left, I wanted to get something that they make that's very local that you can only find in this country and it's fresh every day and it's very special. Uh, so I stopped at a grocery store. So I had my backpack and the little rolling luggage and I bought it because I was gonna take it and eat it before I get on the plane. And the manager looked at me and said, we're going to search your luggage. And I said, no, you're not. And they just were taken aback by that kind of entitlement. And the reason being, I said, you did not see me taking anything. I, I showed no suspicion. There's no reason for me to open up my luggage for you. And they let me go. I paid for what I bought and I left. So I understand what entitlement is. How do we treat people fairly when there's so much bias in humanity? And how do we teach AI fairness? We have to be very intentional about this. 
word embedding. Researchers looked at an AI tool called word embedding that's transforming the way computers interpret speech and text. Then they found that words like female and woman are more closely associated with art and humanity occupations. Male and man were more closely associated with math and engineering occupations. Okay, how do we debias word embeddings? Uh, this was in 2016. It's from Google News. So the data is from journalists. These are professionals. Man is to woman as father is to mother. Man is to woman as king is to queen. Man is to computer programmer as woman is to homemaker. Now this should say, man is to computer programmer as woman is to computer programmer. We have a long way to go with teaching AI. Open source language, everyone can change. So when you see these terms, take the initiative to say something, to speak and to make the change. So we have had terms used master slave, whitelist, blacklist. They were done in the subconscious. Nobody did this purposefully to show bias. It's that we all have implicit bias. And the first step is to identify that implicit bias and to become aware of it. It takes a lot of humility and strength, but the first step is to realize all of us have it. Um, and how is it being put in this system and how can we make corrections? It is all of our responsibility. Okay, so what are some of the gadgets that are being used? Drones. This provides long distance monitoring, automated identification, automated tracking, it's cheap, broad and large scale reach. What's the reach? Uh, so there's a camera that's affixed to drones. It has 30 times optical, six times digital zoom, 180 times magnification. It can move and adjust the view. And it can do this from thousands of feet to several miles away. What's available to everyone? A ring mailbox sensor. So when someone opens or closes the mailbox, uh, a little alarm will go off. It uses Wi-Fi. It's $30. A doorbell camera, they can start as cheap as $40. Ring Always Home Cam. This is $250. This is something new. It's a little drone with the camera that actually goes in the person's home. Now, if you say, I don't have any cameras in my home, wait a minute, because everything that we use that has a camera can potentially be turned on without the light coming on. So even toaster ovens, anything using AI with a camera or anything using AI like an Alexa device can listen in. So we do have cameras and listening devices in our homes. Um, there's also a Boston Dynamics robot dog. On your sheet with the links, you'll be able to see on Twitter, somebody saw one one night in a residential area in Canada and they put it on Twitter. And some people thought it was cute as it's flashing in its face taking photos and other people were very afraid. 
private citizens can buy it for $74,500. I want to specify and talk about doorbell cameras. This was shocking for me because I'm reading and studying about it. And then I looked at a map and we'll get to that map. And, you know, there's such denial. Could this really be happening where I live? And where I live, there are lots of neighborhoods and rural areas. So the country, uh, we have a very small city. So there's a program called the Neighbors Public Safety Service. It's a USA local police department um, and they have information sharing partnerships with Ring, that's a doorbell camera. Okay, so the doorbell cameras are being accessed by law enforcement and this is the United States. The red is fire engine so the fire stations and the blue is the police. So local police precincts, this is not federal. Um, and so I do wanna say about that. So they're watching us and how are the police watching us? If you're driving down the street uh, through a neighbor's doorbell camera, they can zoom and they can look at your license plate. And if you are taking a walk, they can watch you walk. Now, what would happen if you do something illegal and they see it on the camera? Can they send you a ticket if it's a moving violation with the car? Or can they just show up and arrest you and say, we have footage of you doing this? Now, most citizens, if they knew this, because I don't think people are aware where we're at that this is happening. If they knew this, um, they may be convinced it's okay. And some people actually give permission for police to take over their doorbell cameras because we're getting so many packages. And why are we still seeing on the news? They'll show the photos and they'll say, here's photos, these people were stealing packages, but the people can't be identified. So what are the motivations for people to say, identify them. I don't like my packages being stolen. I can't be at home all the time. And I like facial recognition. I give you permission to use my doorbell camera so these people will stop stealing because it will deter crime. So they're right there. We're giving up a lot of our privacy uh, because like in some countries, uh, there's actually a social credit score like in China. And so all of our reviews you know, when we do Uber or our Google reviews or Yelp, and I know it's in different things in different countries, um, imagine that, but whether we are socialized. So did they see me jaywalking? My social credit score would go down because I'm not following the rules. And people who follow the rules have high levels of social credit. They're literally taking away privileges and rights from people with a low score. Um, one of them is travel. And also they can ticket you for jaywalking and just send the ticket to your home. They also have cameras in the countryside and this can happen from drones, but it also happens from the technology is so easy to implement. And you may think, well, my village doesn't have the money. The countries that do have the money and technology are investing money in countries around the world 
there's an east versus west race to see who can get there first. And so the USA and China are leading this uh, to see who can take over with the technology, because then you're getting all of that data and AI runs best with data. So what are some resources? There's a book by the president of Microsoft. He co-authored it with Carol Ann Brown. The forward is by Bill Gates. Tools and Weapons, The Promise and Peril of the Digital Age. Microsoft has responsible AI and there are principles. The number one principle is fairness. AI systems should treat all people fairly. Now think about that because as human beings, we don't treat people fairly. So how are we going to make this a reality? We do, just like Microsoft is doing, to be intentional. Reliability and safety. AI systems should perform reliably and safely. Privacy and security. AI systems should be secure and respect privacy. And the concern is, okay, the police, they will only look at the doorbell camera if someone calls in a crime. We as a society, we as people like to look into other people's lives. Uh, we like reality TV. So what kind of measures are in place that a police officer won't abuse this and start watching us because they just are curious? What kind of systems will we have in place? Inclusiveness, AI systems should empower everyone and engage people. So empowerment to the people to bring us together and to include everyone. Transparency, AI systems should be understandable. Everyone needs to learn about AI. What is it? How is it being used? Because this is our future. Accountability. People should be accountable for AI systems. There was a recent meeting, the Senate with some social media CEOs and one of the senators ended the meeting and said, we have not regulated, we have not set laws in place, and it's the Wild West, you've done whatever you wanted to do. And so they were citing, did you do this? Did you do that? And they were questioning. However, it's not illegal, very unethical. You know, what right do you have? Because I'm on your platform to watch what I do on the internet. When I'm there on your platform, to be social and connect with people. And then, you know, you're watching what I do on the rest of the internet. That's unethical, but there's no law keeping that from happening. So it's happening. So all of us need to have a voice with this uh, and be ethical and follow such principles. So I wanna thank you today. And I wanna ask you for what questions you have in the chat and we will look at the questions and do our best to answer them. I'll also be looking at the chat afterwards because we have other talks happening and I will be responding. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Resilient Pathway to Happy Work and Life. Please like, share and subscribe this podcast. Hello, my name is Alexia Georgie. Welcome to the Resilient Pathway to happy work and life. Today, you heard my presentation given to the Global AI Student Conference sponsored by Microsoft. It was December the 12th. 
and I also wrote an ebook. So the material is from the ebook, AI, My Story, The Story AI Tells, Bias and Privacy. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Google Play, and iTunes. Learn more about our coaching curriculum at theresilientpathway.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast.